Welcome to episode 434 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, March 6th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Jason Collette. Jason, how's it going? Uh, it's going better. I uh, I rolled my ankle because I forgot I was 44 years old. Oh, I, I'm, you out know, here in, I'm out here in Stone Mountain, Georgia for a work trip. You can't forget it's just that. A gorgeous, it's gorgeous here. Just absolutely gorgeous. So I went jogging on the along the lakeside and cruised along at about mile three and, and, and hit some kind of tree root and, and <sighs> fell over like an old man and had to walk back. So that sucked. Oh, uh, man, I'm sorry. Put too much pressure, but yeah, uh, you know, other than that, it wasn't too bad. Well, that's and, good. Uh, it looked beautiful. Yeah. That picture you sent me looked amazing. Where was that? Like outside your hotel? Right out. That's where we had dinner tonight. Oh my goodness. That's the back side of the property. So it was pretty awesome. Yeah. That, that was incredible. That just looks so peaceful. And serene. Good, good for you to get some some peace time before the uh, the craziness of the fantasy baseball season really strikes. Which I mean, you know, we kick it off with labor mixed. I feel like for me, that's the beginning of my season and your season, of course, because we're in that draft. Um, other folks say that this week, past weekend, was the the kickoff because of uh, the labor ale and NL auctions, which is actually going to be the focus of this episode. Obviously, neither of us participated in either of them, but we, we followed them, looked at them. You've already written about the, uh, the the drafts, which you do every year, kind of find trends. I love the comparison stuff that you're able to do, and you use the, the, the CBS auctions that they've hosted to do some comparisons. And then, of course, once tout hits, you'll do another piece looking back between labor and AL. Uh, especially for those last weekend drafters, the people who are going to be drafting this year on uh, uh, March 31st, April 1st, and April 2nd. That's that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday before opening day. Whatever you write on 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 the tout versus labor, I think that will be huge for anybody going into auctions there just to kind of get an idea of where the markets are. And so, uh, you know, we're going to kind of free flow. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about the topics that you hit on, uh, specifically focused with AL labor, which is what we're going to start with because our boy Eno Saris was in there and we have to obliterate his team just because why not? Why, why wouldn't we trash Eno if we have a chance to? When it's as terrible as his team is, you have to obliterate it, right? Uh, yeah. And we have uh, our friend Mike Gianella, who we're also going to destroy uh quay link sucks too. i mean these are garbage teams from garbage people so i mean we have i hope you hear the sarcasm folks I mean, yeah garbage. <laughs> those are three of our our best friends in the industry uh, among others of course laura michaels tristan cockroft ray flowers dave adler greg ambrosius and son childs larry Schechter, colton and wolfman who we love steve gardner brandon funston i mean we're friends with the entire group uh, but we can rank our friendships with them if you want. We can do that for, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But we gotta talk AL first because, uh, you found some interesting, you honed in on some markets. And I love comparing the two leagues and how they are on certain things and the aspects that you looked at were the speed market, the closer market, and, and what you call the shiny new toy market, which I love. You, you know, I love talking about shiny new toy syndrome, which of, of course is, is just rookies, uh, or, or, or hyped up prospects. They don't even necessarily have to be rookies. I, I would still consider somebody like a Byron Buxton a shiny new toy, even right. though, uh, he's close to post hype. He's get next year. If he doesn't do well this year and maybe he goes, plays a full season, but he's like solid, but unspectacular. Then next year he's post type. I think he's still shiny new toy, especially after that October. But, uh, let's dive in here on the AL. Let's focus on the speed market because that was the first aspect that you wrote about in your RotoWire piece. Uh, what were some of your initial findings? And then we'll dive in on, uh, on thoughts and considerations. You know, with, with that market, 
we've talked about the fact that there's just not that much speed in the AL this year. If you compare it's the crazy. two leagues, uh, you know, there's more speed in the NL. So the AL, if you want it, you're going to have to pay for it. And it really, you know, tears itself out. When I looked at, when I compared it to where uh, the CBS League uh, in the article, I, I show the prices for the two leagues and, and they lined up for the most part. And I think what's important here is, is, is there's, there's like five clear tiers of speed. And, and at tier one, you have Altuve, uh, and you know, you're paying for Trout's overall production. He's been running more of late, um, so you've got that tier. Then you've got uh, these tiers are based on pricing, not by not by stolen base tiers, but hey, by the price. Before you go uh, too much further, go ahead. How surprised were you that Altuve went for three dollars more than Mike Trout? You know. Uh, not very surprised at all. I mean, last year I was surprised when Altuve went for forty-three dollars because you sure. recall when we talked about my plan for Al Tout last year. That was going to be your guy. Thirty-eight was going to get Altuve. Yep. He was the guy that I wanted, and I even went to forty. And then I just, when somebody said, I think Seth said forty-one, I was like, I'm out. I, I, I'm not going any higher. And he ended up earning every dollar of that last oh, yeah. year. And I think with two, to, I think he had plus two still on top of that. Uh, you know, so then we had in tier two. You got Gene Segura, Elvis Andrus. Lorenzo Cain, Kevin Kiermeyer, Tim Anderson, and Jose Ramirez. All of those guys went for $20 or more. A um, little surprising, honestly. Then Absolutely. tier three, you had Buxton, Carlos Gomez, Rajai Davis, Gerard Dyson, and, and Jacoby Ellsbury. And Davis and Dyson both going, I think one was 16, one was 17. So very, you know, that lined up rather well. Tier four, Brett Gardner, Leonis Martin, Yuan Moncada, Kevin Pilar, and uh, Cameron Maben. And then tier five was Ben Revere, Malik Smith, Melvin Upton Jr. and Delano DeShields Jr. And that's kind of, that's it for steals. That, that's kind of where it sits. And my initial thought when I looked there is, you know, I could go shopping in tier four and tier five, maybe take one from three, a couple from four, and a couple from five, and take my chances there. I, I mean, this is, a, this is a year where I think when I looked at it, I, there's like two teams that, that seemingly punted steals. Uh, I think Tristan was one of them. I forgot who I mentioned the other two. Uh, uh, Steve Gardner. Steve Gardner? Yeah, yes. Those two teams look really light on steals. And I don't know if it's by design. I guess we'll, we'll find out when Tristan does his uh, uh, the Fantasy Focus podcast this week once the guys are back in town. Yeah, Steve will do a write-up. Yeah, he always Steve does. Steve will do his write-up. Uh, but, it just, they, but other than that, if you don't get one of those other guys – you don't have to buy a bunch of saves to compete. You just this could be a category where you're like, okay, maybe I get 40 steals, but that's going to get me in the middle of the pack. I just want I don't want to be last. I don't want to be, um, you know, like three or four points in steals, but get me six or seven. You may not need to go shopping in those top two bins, because again, if you do, if you if you want to buy two guys in that tier two, that's going to cost you 40 to 45 bucks mm -hmm. to get those steals. And, and I like Elvis Andrews quite a bit this sure. year. Sure. Um, you know, so you get a you get an and let's say Andrus and Anderson. We'll stick with the A's because I'm being lazy. Uh, you know, if, if you like both those guys, you know that would have cost you forty three dollars. And Eno bought Tim Anderson, and it wasn't like it was a position. It wasn't a, a scarcity thing. It, it seemed like more of a chase for the steals than anything else at that point because it yeah. wasn't too late in the auction either. It was kind of early if I recall. Because uh, we'll, we'll we have a link if you look in the show notes. There's a link to the sequential order of the picks too. Uh, you know, so that's going to cost you 43 bucks, but I could buy, you know, Gardner Martini. I could buy a Gardner. I could buy a Martini. I could buy a Ben Revere. I could buy, you know, last year's garbage, just Delano DeShields Jr., who's dropped like 20 pounds. So maybe that's the chip on his shoulder, too. Uh, you know, he's dropped some of that, but I can buy four of those guys down there probably for less money than it's going to cost me to buy two tier two guys. 
and I may get the same amount of steals out of it. And you, know, you may lose a little bit in the other areas, but if you, yeah, you know, that's really it's, it's everybody's call. But I think it gave me a little bit of pause because that that second tier of steals really cost you. I thought some of those guys would be like eighteen ish, and you know, Kiermaier twenty, even Kane coming off his garbage season, yeah, twenty one dollars. You know, Jose Ramirez, I, I figured right around twenty. I, Andres, I was surprised he went for twenty three bucks. Um, I was surprised too because. That, that was a guy that, that you kind of put me on the, uh, or put him on my radar, Andrus, when, when we were talking about him for our draft. Cause I was like, ah, Andrus, that just doesn't really do anything for me. Then I look and he's as steady as it gets. I mean, he, he really is, is super, a super steady guy. But I think the scarcity in steals, even, even in a, uh, a mixed league situation, is a situation where he ended up going in the 10th round of that league, where I thought maybe he would be deeper into the double digit rounds. And, and so we're seeing it in, in both formats, mixed and AL only, uh, his price getting bumped out, bumped up. I think people are understanding kind of the value of, of his stability. The dude plays every single day. And he's he's good for twenty something steals just about every single season as well. I, th- I don't I don't think he even has a season where he hasn't stolen twenty. So Elvis Andrews is uh you know th- they're understanding his value, and I'm not surprised that that somewhere like HQ, where you know they're going to be very numbers driven and they're going to kind of see the, and and they like stability and things like that. Their their guys draft very well to to the practice. Uh, practice what you preach sort of thing the the principles that you'll find in the forecaster are definitely adhered to by their guys when they go into these into these drafts which is why uh you know you're always able to kind of call what 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 picks they're going to make so i thought that that was you know even though it was a little bit pricey i still understood the purchase i just thought some of andrus's appeal was that he could be cheaper but now we just did we just didn't see stolen bases go for very cheap unless they were uh heavily warded like somebody like Delano DeShields who doesn't have playing time and ha- has seemingly fallen out of favor and yet another Texas-based team uh after getting cut by Houston. Hey, when you when you look at a couple of things there though, you know maybe for, you know, perhaps he gets on a in a platoon situation with uh with uh, Chu. He's mm-hmm. just getting bats there. Uh, you know, he doesn't need with steals with it being as scarce as they are this year. Exactly. How much playing time do you need to get value? He, he, d- he was a th- he was a three dollar purchase. Right? You could be three fifty plate appearances, and you know, I'm not he. He might be like a little bit slower than Gerard Dyson. I'm not even s- sure that he is. I mean, this is a guy, Delano Shields Jr., who stole a hundred in the minors. Now, stealing in the minors is nothing like stealing in the majors. Sixty five. I think he had a sixty five um, grade from scouts on the speed, but. Man, if he steals twelve bags, he's earned like five bucks. Well, and I think I think he could get you know if he gets kind of the three hundred and thirty to three hundred and fifty plate appearances. Plate appearances, I think he can get twenty five steals because right. he does have some walking ability. Uh, he could come in as a pinch runner. Sometimes pinch runners aren't as prevalent in the in the National League I, or in the American League. I understand that, but maybe Chu does. You know, get, gets the seventh inning hit, and they're like, okay. We're gonna bring Chu out now and we're gonna put DeShields in and DeShields steals second in a, in a one run game or something and, you know, I, I kinda, I kinda like him because I don't wanna pay for the steals only sort of guys and that's what you're getting with a lot of these. You know, we like Kiermeyer, um, and I don't think Segura's gonna completely fall off with, with, with the punch that he's shown, but, you know, Tim Anderson, uh, even Andrews who, who we just propped up, uh, Jose Ramirez, Kane, they're not giving you a ton of power. So that those tier two guys, you're really paying for the speed, and you're paying a pretty heavy tax. So yeah, I might just skimp. I, 
Right, and I think you know, that's happening because you look at that tier three, and again, the tier three names were Aaron Buxton, Carlos Gomez, Raja Davis, Jared Dyson, and, and Jacoby Ellsbury. Each one of those guys comes with the risk. I mean, mm -hmm. Buxton, is he September Buxton? Yeah, or hasn't is he done the it. Buxton that sucked the rest of the season. Carlos Gomez, is he the Texas Ranger Gomez that was awesome? Or is he the Houston Astros Gomez that sucked? Raja's you know, 100. We, we talked about our, the, 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 the fact that you and I particularly don't care for the Dysons and Davises, even though there's steals and money in the bank. Is everything else you've got to make sure you can make up around them. And then Ellsbury, you know, raise your hand if you have not been burned by Ellsbury. And, yeah. You know, I can actually raise my hand there because I've never had him. But, but that's, that's the only reason why I can. And, you know, somebody like Rajay Davis, one of the reasons that I usually pump him up is because he usually goes cheaper. But in this market, particularly an AL only market, he's going at cost. And his $17 price tag is certainly not, uh, out of, out of bounds. But again, the value, the, the, the interest that I had in somebody like that or the aforementioned Andrus is that they were supposed to be three, four, five dollars cheaper than you would normally think because they were a little bit forgotten. But they're not getting forgotten in this, in this, uh, speed bereft market in the AL. So you have to keep that in mind, uh, especially those of you in redraft. And I think it could be even crazier in some keeper leagues if a few guys in, in tiers one and two are kept. And then your best guy out there is, is, is Gomez, Dyson, Gardner, uh, you know, Moncada. What are the prices of those guys gonna be, you know? Yeah, if you're looking at, if, you, if you're in a keeper league, you may wanna, if you haven't already done this, start looking around and seeing what steals are being kept and what are, who's projected to be out there that you know is gonna be out there in the market. Mm -hmm. um, it, Cause you should really be treating steals like a lot, like your closer market. I think in my home league, I believe there's two closers that are gonna be out there this year in my home AL league. So yeah, I have, I have a, a cheap Ryan Manson is one reason why I'm like, you know what? I'm not crazy about him, but he's a buck, and you know, he, right now he has the job. Well, and, he may lose it, but yeah, you know, it's just one of these things where if 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 those guys are being kept, either trade for him or or change your draft plan accordingly. Yep. If you know that there's only going to be two guys out there for steals, then and there's like four teams that are really slow. Do you want to get in that battle and pay for those guys, or do you like you know what? Forget it. I'm going to go ahead and punt steals because I know that it's it's a it's a barren market, and I'm not going to play over there. I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to go trade for those steals, or I'm going to try to make some targets in the in the in the reserve rounds. Try to find some of those guys that may pick up some um, some speed like that. But I think it's important not to go with. I, I know I need to draft like 50 steals, and then look at your player pool and be like, oh damn, there's only 50 there's not, steals available. Yeah, exactly. I'll tell you, the guy I keep coming back to because he even went for a pretty fair price for what I think he's going to do this year uh, is Ben Revere. And I just think he's going to get the playing time. And if you look at last year, it is such a clear outlier uh, with, with how bad it went. His base skills were in place from a from a contact and walk standpoint. His BABIP was two thirty four. That is never he's never been anywhere near that. Every time uh, he's played uh, anywhere near a full season, except for one. His first full, foolish season in 2011. Every other season since then, 12, 13, 14, 15, his, his BABIP was upwards of a hundred points higher. It was certainly in the 300s all the time. He's a career 314, 234. That's insane. And I just don't think that he's done. So if he has 
any measure of health, uh, which speaking of, Cameron Maben very rarely does. And so I think Ben Revere is going to get the playing time. And again, he does have that 80 speed like a Dyson where he doesn't even need 500 plate appearances to be a big steals asset. He could also be a 350 guy who could steal 30, 35 bases. I really think he could. So for to go for nine bucks the way he did yesterday or uh, Saturday, as it were, to let's see who was that to Ray Flowers. I really like it. I, I, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. That's going to be somebody that I'm going to be looking at because the the other AL speed is just so expensive. Yeah, it's um, you know. I was, if I'm going to chase a Revere's falling into that Dyson category. This is where you know in the past we liked Dyson and we liked Davis because they were single digit yes. guys. He, Revere's you know? that guy this year. You're right. That's Revere. Yep. And, and that's maybe that's almost Malik Smith. I mean, yep. Malik Smith went for one buck in the CBS league, and he went for eight here in this one. Um, I have a feeling, and it's not going to be me. I have a feeling he's going to be a double-digit player on Talent Wars Day because by then we're going to have a little clearer picture on what that Tampa Bay depth chart is going to look like on opening day. Exactly. Uh, and there's a chance he may make that roster, and then may, maybe he sticks around uh, to that point. So his, you know, his price has been creeping up a little bit. I hear his name getting talked about more and more on different podcasts and radio shows and that kind of thing. So there, there's that helium there, but that Revere – and getting back to the, the veterans with the track record um, thing, this is where he kind of feels like he's that he's that Dyson and, and that Davis guy that we used to take and Juan get the return on investment. I mean, if you're looking at who's – if Davis and Dyson, $16, $17 players, they have to run like this, and they have to hit to get that return on investment. Oh, yeah, you need, some, Revere, you need some batting average. Yeah, you need some batting average. Uh, or, or some other aspect. For, for Davis, it's gonna be the volume of, of actually scoring some runs and, and even hitting a few homers, cause he's not, he's never really been a huge batting average guy. Rajay Davis hasn't. But for, um, Dyson, he needs to have a decent batting average to go with it. He's a, he's only a 260 career hitter. You gotta kinda need him at the high end of, of, of what he does, which is, uh, you know, 270, 275. He hit 278 last year. So, that's not a lot of upside. He needs to needs to run, and he needs to actually be a big speed asset. Does Gerard Dyson to really pay dividends? And I think he's getting overvalued, and I certainly won't have him. Uh, so that's your that's your speed market I mean, in the AL. Play Dyson. They're talking about him playing like every day. So you're overexposing him I think against lefties. Like Does he have the durability yep. to do all that? I think I don't. I don't want him playing every day. That part of his attractiveness is he didn't play every day, and he still only hit. A high of 278 last year, and he's a career 260. So I would be very careful with somebody like Gerard Dyson, and I, I would look elsewhere. And again, somebody like a Malik Smith, who who could be a Gerard Dyson at much much cheaper cost, and then you don't have the expectation of doing anything else, even if he's a six seven dollar guy. He was eight uh, in labor, one in CBS. CBS was a couple weeks ago. Labor was Saturday, like you said. Tout. He could get up to 11, 12 if the picture is clearer. But even that, I would still rather pay than the 16 that Gerard Dyson has gone in both leagues. Let's move over to the closer market. You hinted at it earlier. This is another one that we love to analyze. I think you included a closer analysis in all of these uh, industry draft pieces that you do because it is the most fascinating market to look at. It is a finite market. Only 30 guys can get steals in any given moment, or excuse me, can get saves at any given moment, of course. 
and you have certain uh, players in, in in both leagues that refuse to to mess with them. Lenny Mel- Melnick has kind of you know that's one of his staples. Uh, he's in the NL league, which we'll talk about in a moment, but uh, we're going to focus on the AL here for a moment. Some guys are are. I gotta get the good saves and I'm gonna pay for the studs. Others are completely no. And then obviously most people fall kind of in the middle where they'll get one guy or they'll play in the middle tier or they'll get a stud and then speculate, you know, let me, let me get, let me get a, a Chapman and then two one dollar guys or something like that. It, it, it's kind of a mix. Um, what did you find in the AL closer market with labor? I mean, part of it's, you gotta look at dynamics too because you know, you'll have a team you know, you'll have a team like Lauren Michaels who will buy his closers. I mean, he he will invest in pitching. Uh, I think there was one year he spent a hundred bucks on pitching. I think I did last year when I when I fell into Chris Sale. Yep. Uh, you know, price enforcing, but by but that was by. I think Laura even spent more than I did. Um, so that kind of thing happens. And you have uh, John Childs and Greg Ambrosius who are extremely aggressive on hitting and extremely aggressive on front-end starters. And we'll get to them in a minute on that piece. But they tend not to have money for closers. Um, and then you have Ray Flowers the last couple of years. Ray, uh, Ray last year took Batances and Miller and, and Chapman. And all three. All three pieces yep, he up sure him, did. And he got them cheap. This year, he went back to the same well, and he got Miller and Batances again. Um, and so he went that route. And List did it, too, in in, um, in Tout. Yes. He yes, got all three right. of them in Tout. So I think it was I think it was achieved in two, in both leagues where somebody said, just give me all three, which I fully agreed with. This year, um, you know, you can't get all three on the same team, but I still like getting Miller and Batances, even though neither is in line to get the saves right now. They're going to give you enough value that, even if they don't get saves, they're, they're worth kind of their fourteen and nine dollar price tags respectively. But obviously, they're they're first in line for their jobs. By the way, just so you know, something we talked about offline: the uh, the reserves are filled in for the AL now. Oh, okay, good. Just so you know. That. Oh, I see him now. There you go. Okay, so when you looked at the closer market, there were two guys that went for twenty bucks, and that was Chapman and Zach Britt. Um, yeah, we've we've talked about my hesitation for spending that on Britton because when you come off the amazing impossible season there's only one way to go that's backwards sure but um, where do you think he's gonna go because i'm still in i i will say there's a little bit concern with the oblique with the oblique yeah. um but you were showing some reservations before that so he's not going to put up a 0.54 era we can we can fully agree there um but where do you think he is going to go realistically what what, what does zach Britton regress to in your mind I mean, dollar. I, I figure I didn't think he'd get to a twenty. Like, I if I said nineteen, and somebody or somebody else said nineteen, I'm not going to be the guy that says twenty. I okay. could be the guy that says eighteen, that kind of thing. I'm willing. He's still a top five AL closer for me. Uh, it's just, you know, the ERA could triple. Uh, it, it could go that route. But I'm not. Well, that's that's not the guy that I'm willing to pay twenty bucks. I say in the thing. I'd rather I think Edwin Diaz, the guy that has that that capability, where everybody else in, in the marketplace, at least in the expert marketplace. That's the next guy because he's getting so much helium. We've talked mm-hmm. about you know he's at he's looking at a changeup, which is almost freaking unfair. I, I, um, it should be banned by the league. One, one of the rule right. changes should be you can't add it. You're too good already, dude. Chill I out. Think, I think when we get to tout, I think you're going to see these two prices flip. I think you're going to see Diaz as the twenty to twenty one dollar guy, and Britain maybe the nineteen to twenty dollar guy. Especially if the oblique um, is is still an issue. Correct. Uh, you know, that's but I, I think all the other prices were fair. Giles at eighteen, Osuna at seventeen, Kimbrel at seventeen may get a little bump by then. Herrera at seventeen. I think it's important to understand here the AL closer situation 
is like the NL speed situation and vice versa. The NL's closers are just not good. Mm-hmm. There's too many question marks there. So there's enough closing depth here. Uh, you know, there were a number of closers that went, um, you know, went in that range uh, that were $12 plus closers. And when I looked at the tier, I did it by the dollar amounts. Again, I said tier one was Chapman and Britain. Tier two, and there was plenty of guys there. Diaz, Giles, Osuna, Kimbrell, Herrera, and Allen. Um, tier three was Colome, Robertson, K Rod, and Dyson. Tier, tier four, th- Madsen. Two and three and then, are, are healthy for sure. Yeah, and then uh, five, uh, tier five was Kensler and Street. And I only put Street because he technically still has the job, but mm-hmm. we know he's not going to have it. Um, but I mean, I thought Kensler at four bucks was a really nice buy because he does have that job. Uh, and for $4, again, somebody's got to get saves there. Um, I think the same thing would apply to Manson. Uh, when I looked, one of the things I looked at for closers here is like, what did, what did this market, what did these guys spend on the backups? And that kind of tells me where people are like hedging their bets. Yeah, that was really look, interesting what you found there. Right. We look at like da- uh, David Robertson, 14 bucks, but people paid, somebody paid eight bucks for Nate Jones mm-hmm. looking at, you know, that's going to happen. Uh, so even if, Nate that, Jones doesn't get that closer role. Maybe he, if he's like that Ken Giles a couple of years ago for us, he's still going to have the strikeouts. He's going to have the ratios. He could earn that eight bucks as ex- is. Exactly. And he'll, he'll scoop some W's. So, so this is a bet. $8 on Nate Jones is a bet on both uh, or on either the trade or perhaps a David Robertson failing. Like you, you do have two avenues to getting your eight bucks. Well, three, like you said, because you could just get the eight dollars the way, uh, Ray spent nine bucks on Batances. You know, Nate Jones could just be good enough to get eight bucks, even if David Robertson stays and has a bounce back year or something. But it seems if, if he's good enough, he's going to get traded because why would they keep him? They've, they've traded everything else that's not nailed down or he completely goes the other way, continues to be wobbly. And, and ends up losing the job that way. So I think Nate Jones at eight bucks is almost, a, you know, bargain is probably not the right word, but he, you know, he was $12 in mixed leagues last year in terms of value, looking at the forecaster, um, because he had a 80 strikeouts and 71 innings, five wins, three saves, 229 ERA, 0.89 whip. That was worth 12 in, in, uh, in mixed leagues. So what? 15, 16 worth in, in, in AL only. Right. So he's got avenues to earn that. I might even pay, you know, kind of the, uh, closer to in between Miller and Batances, which would be like 11 bucks because Miller went for, for 14. What else did you find in the, uh, in the backup market? Yeah. Yeah, the, the Miller price, the $14 from Miller, I get it because if he does get, if he does get the saves job, he could be the most valuable reliever in the entire thing, and in, he could in all be a of baseball. top ten pitcher. Yes, he could be a he could be a top ten pitcher. But even as is, you know, would you rather pay the fourteen dollars for Andrew Miller, who's going to have the amazing ratios? He's going to have the strikeouts, so he's a three category pitcher the way he is right now. Um, if if they use him in that multi ending capacity, and not just the one, he picks up a handful of saves. I mean, do you do you spend the fourteen bucks on him, or do you spend like the twelve bucks on say a Drew Pomeranz, who's going to who um, you should pitch 170 innings, maybe win 10 to 12 games, get some strikeouts, but his ratios won't be as good. But he's going to get those wins because that Boston lineup is going to help him put him in a good position. What? I could, I could, I could see going that way with Miller. It just, you know, I myself, I'm not going to be the guy spending 14 bucks on him um, because I think there's, there's, I personally, I like the AL pitching pool. I, I, I do a too. A lot of options there. I, I, I do too. 14 bucks on Andrew Miller. But Miller could get some W's too. You, they're just, they're, if you think starter W's are sketchy to map out, good luck mapping out, um, 
you know, reliever ones. And he did get 10 last year, but it wasn't just because of what he did in Cleveland. It was actually five and five. It was, it was right. five in New York, five in Cleveland. So they are going to give him more of those extra, uh, inning plus outings, but they can't do it every time. He'll wear down. He's even said so himself. He's, I'll do what they want, but you know, they've already told me yeah, that. Remember when, uh, remember when Erasmo Ramirez had four wins in the first three weeks out of the season? He yep. was being used in that, I mean, he got over is like five foot nothing and a hundred nothing. Andrew Miller's a little different, but you can't you can't be used like that over the course of a full season. Well, it's here's just, the thing, you know, Andrew Miller went for fourteen. Michael Fulmer, Carlos Rodon went for twelve apiece. Mm-hmm. The aforementioned Drew Pomeranz went for eleven. Odorizzi, Cotton, Manaya, Shoemaker, Pinata all go for eleven. And I love Andrew Miller, but I got I think I take every one of those guys. At a yep. cheaper price, let alone even if 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 they were all fourteen as well, I think I would still take them at fourteen over Miller. And again, it's not a knock on Miller; it's just that he's not getting the saves. Um, you know, I, I actually I actually trust Cody Allen a decent bit in the market. Uh, only put him a dollar more, right? Which, you know, I would actually buy in on him at fifteen bucks. Uh, he had a, was it a little bit of a wobbly part last, uh, two years ago, 15? Or it was 15, it was last year? Okay, but, yeah. so he, you know, he's had some wobbliness before, usually associated with walks. Uh, he's never been a great, uh, walk preventer. His 9% rates are, are his best rates back in, uh, 13 and 15, and that's if you, if you round up 8.6, 8.7, so we'll just call it 9%. But the strikeouts are there, the saves are there, uh, the ratios are there even with the walks. So I really like him and I just, Miller's gonna be that swing, that, that, that fireman guy for them. I don't think they're gonna feel pressure to put him in the bullpen or in the ninth inning. And so I feel confident in Allen. I would take him at 15. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the weird things, and I would too. You know, one of the weird things when you look at the overall, the combination between the, the closer and the setup guy on paper, the Minnesota bullpen, $6. The the L A bullpen nine dollars and eight of that was Bedrosian. Yeah, the, uh, eight know, of that was the Kinsler the backup guy right now. Right, and then uh, you know in Oakland it's 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 five for Madsen, three for Casilla. There's a couple that are two dollars, but people are really spreading that out. So I mean, there's some there's some nice profit. That's like the Fernando Rodney situation in the National League. The guys you don't believe in, but mm-hmm. the guy you pick up and he gets the saves. Um, yeah, so. That people people were paying for backups. Matt Bush went for five dollars. I was going to say uh, I kind of like seventeen bucks for nine. Gregerson went for four. I think um, uh, Will Harris went for three. Uh, Davinsky went for five. But you know, Davinsky's roles to be you know, who knows exactly what the role how that role is going to play out. So. Yeah, he could be SP. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 really, the situation, the way the closer, I, there's Allen really seems to be the Allen and Kinsler type of thing for me is where the discount is. And, so where you uh, have a stud and then and then kind of a garbage bag, but a garbage bag who's going to have the role. If I could walk, if I could walk out, if I could walk out of the auction with like a fifteen, spending nineteen dollars on those two guys and picking up one of these other guys, uh, you know, taking a shot on a on a Casilla being that veteran because I mean he had this, he did have some ability to do this job with San Francisco, perhaps certainly the next place, the next place they go there. Uh, you know, there's there's some profit to be made, and I like I like the fact that Brad Brock got picked up by uh, Glenn and Rick I was, uh, in Baltimore. Not that Britain's eighth, but Brad Brock. You look at the ratios. I mean, he's just one of the. If you watch him pitch against your favorite team a lot, you're like, oh god, that guy's coming in. Game over. I was uh, just going to mention him. He plays. He's such a pain in the ass to watch, but he's. 
on another team, he may get more exposure. It's just that he's backing up the guy coming off the amazing season. But and, and for two bucks, that's easy. That's easily earned. But what if the oblique is a problem? You know, we're not we're not projecting a perform. I'm not, and I don't think you are really. Even with even with your your trepidation on Britain, it's not a performance meltdown that you're worried about. It's a performance regression. So we're not we're not saying he's going to fall apart. Hundred percent. I think his. I think he's actually going to be awesome. I, I actually love Britain. I do worry about an oblique though. Obliques are a pain in the ass. Yeah, so if I can come out last year, exactly. If I can come out twenty two bucks with Allen, Madsen, and Brock, I'd be pretty happy with that. That'd be a trio that I can get behind. I'm I'm sketchy on Kinsler. I know that he's coming in with a job, and Trevor May was a guy I really liked, but they've actually moved him back into the rotation. So it's so dumb too, man. I love Trevor May I, last year. I thought he was really nice. I thought he was ready to kind of take that over. Um, Perkins is just health is such a problem for him that I just don't know that he's going to do it. But you know, Kinsler has that like poor man's Jim Johnson feel to him. He, he has a terrible strikeout ratio, 5.8 last year and uh, 6.5 for his career, but uh 59% ground ball rate for his career, 62 and 63 the last two seasons for Kinsler. So he's he's that pitch to contact, keep the ball on the ground, get that gr- game ending uh game ending double play and get out of there sort of thing. So, you know, you might be onto something where he's just going to get you those, those cheap 24 saves and you kind of move on for a few bucks. So I get it. Um, the, the closer market is very interesting. I think it is tiered out very nicely. I like the, the, the studs, Chapman and Britain, but I don't think you need to invest there. Just save those few bucks and dip in on, on, you guys have heard us talk about Giles endlessly. We won't get in on him, but the Diaz, Osuna, Kimbrell, Herrera and, and Cody Allen. And then like even that tier three, Colome, uh, I'm not as much on Robertson, but Colome, even K-Rod, I think he's going to be steady. Eddie hold the job and Sam Dyson, who I don't love. And I do think Matt Bush could take it, but I, if, if I get both of them at 17 bucks, Dyson and, and Bush, the way they went in the, in the auction, mm-hmm. I would take that too. So I don't think you need to go Chapman Britain, uh, to feel good about where you're at with AL saves. Right, agreed. All right, let's move over to the shiny new toys because I, I I do love talking about them. We're going to talk about some shiny new toys in the NL as well once we get over there. Uh, we'll talk shiny new toys, David Price, and then we'll move over to the NL. I like the way you did this, so I'm actually just going to kind of let you freeform. Tell, tell us how you broke it down because I, my favorite part, and, and this will be available um, on Rotowire for those of you that uh, you know, Jason writes there, talks here. That that that's that's his uh, fantasy work. The way you set up, here's where similar guys went and their prices, and compared that to the shiny new toy. Saying, listen, the the first example you had was Dan Vogelbach. Like he went for eight. Look at these three guys who combined went for five, and might do just as much as him. So so tell us what you found on the shiny new toys for the American League. So I, I focused on some players. I said, you know, Tim Anderson went for 20. Andrew Benintendi went for 20. Uleski Gurriel, 16. Yoan Mankata, 14. Mitch Haniger, 9. Malik Smith, 8. Vogelbach, 8. And Aaron Judge, 6. So what I did is I, I look, I put their prices, and then I looked for players that were either taken right before them or after them in the auction using the sequential draft order. And I think Vogelbach is a great example. And I start with him because Steve Gardner spent eight bucks on Vogelbach and Larry Schechter defending champions got more titles than the, the, you know, we can count, um, spent a dollar on Morrison. And this is not me playing Ray's Homer, but it, I mentioned this in the article. If you go to the Fangraphs projections and look at what the projection systems put for Dan Vogelbach, 
what they're projecting for him is what is what Logan Morrison did over the entirety of 2016. Mm-hmm. If you look at what the fans are projecting for Vogelbach, it is what Logan Morrison did after he went over for April, from May until he went down with his wrist injury on September 11th. That's what he did. So, and he's got the established track record. You know where the faults are. You're looking at two guys that are going to be platooned against lefties. So there's no big playing time advantage. We're looking at two guys who mostly play in pitcher the parks that favor pitchers. And now we come down to track record versus no track record. And again, the projection systems are uh, are pessimistic on Vogelbach. The fans love them. And e- even Eno wrote an article saying here's a huge gap between systems and where the fans are. And then uh, you know because Morrison had that such awful April, people don't realize he was rather serviceable the rest of the season. So if I can get that production for a buck out of the corner versus and, and get some and use that seven bucks saved for something else, I'll you know go back to speed. I want to speculate on, on Melvin Upton Jr. at seven bucks. So I can go get Melvin Upton Jr. and Logan Morrison for eight bucks, get a cornerback, get an outfield, have some speed, and if if, if Upton pops and steals twenty plus bags again, I've easily made that eight bucks back. Morrison just has to play to make that one dollar back, whereas Volkelbach has to play and produce to make and, his eight dollars. Yeah, and and show that 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 he's ready. And and just I'm not sure we've seen enough signs that suggest uh, that that he's ready for prime time. He's, he's he's done some good hitting in the minor leagues. Vogelbach has. He's a big time walk guy. Doesn't strike out too much. Uh, doesn't have a ton of pop. And and because he's portly. I think it all adds up and you start to think a little bit of, of, of Billy Butler aspect to it. Uh, from the left side, I believe Butler was a right-hander, yeah? Yes. Um, well, and you look at look at uh, the Cato system. Cato likes him. Uh, Eric wrote uh, the counterpoint against that, saying this is why we scouts don't like him. Um, you know, there, there's just a lot to, to be played there. And I think So is he a performance, now, what we would call a performance prospect? Uh, possibly PCL performance. I mean, he's hit. He can hit. It's mm-hmm. just he can't field, and that was why he fell in the first round. And he just really hasn't slimmed down that much. I mean, there are a couple other guys. Guriel went for sixteen, but behind him was Kenneth Vargas at five bucks. And yeah, that may be a better if you're looking for run production play. I'd rather take my chance on a five dollar Vargas, but then Maurer and Vogelbach. I didn't really. I mean, Vargas maybe I'd make that chance. Anderson at twenty. Again, Eno would have to speak for himself, but I think that was I'm going to go get speed guys. So his other options after that were Marcus Simeon at 17, Danny Espinosa at 10, or Brad Miller at 17, and none of those guys addressed that speed need. So I get it. Um, Benintendi went very early in this, and then like afterwards, you got Carlos Gomez at 18, Ellsbury at 15, or Gardner at 14. And that's you know you've got those track records to look at. You've got the risk associated with all three, but Benintendi's coming at a premium. It's happening in NFBCs. It's happening in these auctions. He's twenty fourth um, off the board. Benintendi was in terms right. of the call out. Which, by the way, did you track this? Who tracked this? This is awesome. No, the RT Sports. Um, there's a feature. If you go to the main room, you can go to the auction that board. Is awesome. Thanks to Todd Zola for pointing it out. You go there. It pops it right out after the draft. And we'll, I'll post this. this. It's huge to be able to see because a lot of times we speculate, oh, this is auction dynamic. Who knows? Yes. Now we can see exactly where these guys were taken. Exactly. Uh, and, it, and by the way, auction dynamics are very important. I think um, we do hit on them when we talk about these auctions regularly, but sometimes we are speculating. Uh, if we weren't listening to the part when, when so-and-so player came out and said, oh, he was pinched, and so he had to go up to 15 for so-and-so. Now, like you said, you go in and see, 
well, no, he didn't. There were four other guys who were comparable. Uh, why did he do that? Eno must have been lit. You know, now, now we know, now we can see the point where Eno gets too lit to draft. No, I'm, I'm kidding, guys. Eno was not lit. His team is amazing. Uh, um, yeah, like Yoan Mankata went 14. Uh, Matt Duffy was nine. You know, I point that out because you're Matt Homer. Duffy has, no, a, he has a job. Well, yeah, I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm just I'm referencing and, the guy who got mad that you talked about the yeah, race. I know. He qualifies at multiple multiple positions. And he's uh, he done may it. not be ready for opening day. I mean, he's still coming back from his, his heel surgery. I don't believe he's played in the field yet in spring training. Moncada um, obviously has a bunch of speed upside. But uh, then I mentioned your guy Ryan Healy, Luis Valbuena. I mean, guys that have jobs versus Moncada who does not. I mean, just because they, they dumped the White Sox dumped Brett Lowry doesn't mean that it's Moncada's job. I agree, it could be by Kylo the way. Saladino. And, and it could be uh, Yomer Carlos Sanchez. You might know him as Sanchez. Carlos Sanchez, but I believe he's gone by his, his first name now, Yolmer. Yes. Um, in case you guys are looking, wondering who that is. And so, uh, is, is Kron taking a back seat to Valbuena? Cause I've been hearing Valbuena get some hype and I thought it was going to be Pujols Kron going DH first base. Is it going to be a platoon where Valbuena gets some of the, most of the right handed at, or versus right handed at bats? I, I, honestly, I don't know. I don't okay. know what, how that situation okay. is going to play out, but I'm just looking at, uh, when you when you see how um, two bucks though, so who cares, you know? Yeah, two bucks. It just when you're you're paying fourteen bucks. If he comes up on the Tim Anderson timetable, then it works out. But if he doesn't come up on that Tim Anderson timetable, and you've got to wait until late June for him to come up, he better come up running. Yeah, and this is Mokata that we're talking about in, in comparison to those others. Um, Aaron Judge, six bucks. I love this one because this comparison. I'm not a Judge guy. So this, this was easy for me to be like, yeah, I, I totally agree. He went six bucks, which is not obscene, but then you got Seth Smith going five. He's going to be batting second in Baltimore against exactly. righties. Brandon Geyer, yeah, he's on a short side platoon, but he'll get some at bats against righties as well. He was only a buck. And then Matt Joyce, who is six bucks. Matt Joyce, folks, if you did not pay attention, maybe you are an AL only guy and, and you lost sight of Matt Joyce going over to the NL last year. He rejuvenated his career a bit. Still not a batting average guy, never really has been. Turned up the walk rate last year, 20%. He was almost one-to-one strikeouts to walks last year. In fact, it was a 67 to 59. And so he had a 403 on base, 242 average, 463 slug, 13 homers, not eye-popping numbers, but 13 homers and 293 plate appearances. And I think he's going to get some decent time in Oakland, again, against righties. And I just don't see how he's not a better investment than Judge right now, e- even as of, what, a, a 33 year, or 32-year-old going into his age 32 season. I know you, you've followed Joyce from when he was part of your favorite team, but um, have, did you see anything in, in uh, Pittsburgh last year that, that – Validated these this kind of re- rebirth for him, or or changes, was fifteen just an outlier? Stance. Okay, if you recall, he went back and he changed his stance. Uh, somebody wrote an article about it on Fangraphs. Okay, um, I forgot exactly, but somebody did, and he was rather unrecognizable. And this is this is coming from somebody who has spent a lot of time watching him. And I, you know, if you listen to the Tout Wars draft in a couple of weeks on SiriusXM. Um, you will hear laughter in the room because somebody's going to throw out Matt Joyce and somebody's immediately going to say Jason, Jason? Ryan because yeah. for five freaking years I owned Matt Joyce. I remember. I refused to quit, but I never paid. 
I never had to pay double digits for him. It was always like four or five. Uh, yeah, six, exactly. Seven bucks. He was never expensive. By the way, Jeff uh, Sullivan wrote that of, piece when the A's picked I would have taken any three of these guys um, over, especially Seth Smith, for exactly what you said. He's going to hit high in the lineup, and he's good as long as you sit him against lefties. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, you know, with Judge, there's a lot of flaws there. Sure, the power's fun, but you know, these are, I, I mentioned this with Larry, you know, how he got the dollar. Uh, dollar Logan Morrison instead of paying the eight bucks in the Vogelbach. It's like Leo Levy's won a lot of these leagues because it's those types of things. He You're finds right. a dollar or two profit in a lot of other places where he, maybe he doesn't have, you know, he's not spending $15 on a guy and getting $20 of profit, but he's spending $5 on guys and getting $8 of profit yep. and, and those types of things. And it just adds up and he does it at the draft table. Um, and you know, it's, that's one of the things you happen to, you look over and like, especially towards the end, it's where he really does well during the draft. You're like, okay, what's he trying to do? And then towards the end of it, you're like, oh, here he comes. He's buying a $3 player. It turns a $5, buys a seven, turns a nine. And that's where it piles up. Remember last year he won AL labor because Jeffrey Marte hit a home run the final the day of the final season. day. Pushed him above the half above point over Tristan. Isn't that crazy? Jeffrey Marte. That's that. That's the type of player that settles the league. Jeffrey um, doesn't even have two F's in his name. That's how lame he is. No, um, yeah, yeah. Homer from him last day wins by a half point. That kind of stuff is that, that. That's like you said. That's what wins in these leagues. These deep. Uh, only leagues. That's the kind of stuff. And and you're right, Larry. That that's he's a wizard at that. And it's these cheap guys. You know, even like his eight dollar Brandon Moss will probably be worth thirteen bucks. And okay, pocket five bucks there. Alex Gordon for twelve. Okay, he's going to be worth sixteen. Just pocket four bucks there. Jason Hamill for five. Okay, he's worth nine. Four more bucks. And it's just knickknacks everywhere. And then this year it's probably going to be Mark Canha who we got in reserve who's going to hit the home run for him to win the league or something crazy like that. It's always those those little things. Um, and then his big guys usually just kind of do their thing because he doesn't overpay $30 for Brian Dozier, $25 for Chris Davis, $23 for Aroldis Chapman. They might only be between... Two and three dollars on either side. You know, Chris Davis might only be worth twenty-three, but that's only minus two. That's not bad. Chapman might only be twenty-five, so that's plus two. That balances right back out, and um, but it all adds up, like you said, and he ends up with that extra value. Plus, he took a big gamble, and that's going to help us transition. Well, I, I want to get back, get to one guy, and then I'll transition to David Price because spoiler alert, uh, Larry got him for fourteen bucks. But we have to talk about our boyfriend. Uh, Mitch Hanniger said, we're going to talk about the shiny new toys. We have to talk about one that we were interested in. Now, we only paid a reserve pick. So we, we didn't get subject to the spring hype that is currently uh, inflating Hanniger's value. He went for nine bucks. And then you see Josh Reddick at eight, Corey Dickerson at nine, and Cameron Maben at nine. Is our boy in danger of being too costly by the time you reach that tout table on March 26th? If, you know, if, if, they say the starting right field job is absolutely his, then sure. And I brought this up because, you know, at the $9 price, if 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 I can see, if, if I'm sitting at the draft table and Hanager's still out there and somebody says 7 bucks for Josh Reddick, I'll say 8 If somebody says 8 for Dickinson, I'll say no. I'll pay, I'll pay all three of these prices mm-hmm. um, for those guys. So I think, that, again, I thought this one was at night. This, was, this one wasn't as drastic as the other ones. But, you know, this is the kind of thing. It's like, which do you prefer, track record, or do you prefer 
upside. upside. And again, it's all projected upside because you're looking at a, a guy that's it's based all of what he did in the minor leagues, and, and that's it. We don't know what he's going to do at the major league level, mm-hmm. whereas we know what these other guys are capable of. So um, these, that's what happens. Yeah, we, we talk about don't sit and wait for the guy you want. Look for the skill set you want. And, and for Hanniger, one of the things that, that's a fault for him, especially with two of these guys, with Reddick and Dickerson, they have issues, but it's against lefties, so they're going to be on the strong side of a thing. So you know Correct. you can put 475 plate appearances for him. Yep. If Hanniger gets the job and then all of a sudden is struggling to hit right-handed pitching and he gets stuck on the short side because they've got left-handed bats all over that outfield if they want to use them Absolutely. in Seattle. And that, all of a sudden, that he's stuck on the short side of that. He's not getting the playing time, and it's tough for him to achieve that 9 bucks. So as much as I like him, this is why I can't go crazy for him because there's other guys in that range that it sets up better for. Him. And like you said, don't get so player focused. I, uh, we, I, I am a I am a get your guys sort of thing, and I usually mean that more for for the uh, the established and mid tier guys, these back end guys that are a little bit more um, projection. They usually have a, a copycat skill set somewhere out there, and a lot of times there's a more established version of them that might not have as much upside, but certainly doesn't carry as much risk. Again, compare the previous one, Aaron Judge with like a Matt Joyce and a, and a Seth Smith, Mitch Hanniger with the Reddick Dickerson uh, combo there. You're, you're not taking on as much risk. You might not get as much upside, but both Reddick and Dickerson have shown some pretty high heights too, so maybe they even do have a tinge of upside, but just don't get too focused on the player. Uh, with the late round things, look at the profile. Let's move over to Price and, and finish up the AL here. He was obviously going to be a big name that people were focused on. I already mentioned that Larry ended up getting him. 14 bucks. Is that too much? Um, I think so. Uh, I mean, it's the third, he was the third guy out uh, of it, and I was listening at that point. I don't recall Larry. I think this is an example where Larry had a price down on his sheet, and when he, somebody else said 13, he's like, no, it's, that's too low. I'm going to go ahead and say 14. Everybody yes. else chickened out. I mean, you know, Paul and I obviously uh, have him in, uh, have Price in, in the mixed labor draft as our third round pick, so it's funny he went third overall uh, in the bidding here. Um, you know, yes, he's. Yes, he got the all clear. He didn't need the PRP injection. They didn't ask anything else. But I, I, I think I speak for you when I don't. We're not out of the woods with this. No, not even no, close. We really aren't. Not even close. Eno said he wouldn't go over twelve. So I know that that was too rich for his blood. Um, yeah, we got. You know what? What is it? A stay of execution. It feels like almost like. Yeah, we have a suspended uh, sentence is what we got. Exactly. Uh, I, I don't, I don't feel great yet. And I'm not going to get any more investments in price. Um, because I, with the news that he got, unless it changes, the price isn't going to drop. In fact, it'll probably inch back up and I'm just not ready to take that risk. Uh, we've got our investment. We're going to hang on for dear life and hope that it comes through. But, you know, 14 is probably about the, the threshold for me. Uh, I think I said on the pod that I, I, I might pay the dollar more than Eno, uh, who was out at either 11 or 12, and I said maybe I'll do 12 or 13. But even that, of course, is below the 14 that, that Larry paid. Like you said, he might have had his number at 15, 16, so he said, well, 14's too low. I got to do it. Take my uh, $2 profit based on my sheet. It's just such a big gamble. The reason that I'm a little bit suspect of it on Larry's team specifically is because he also has Dallas Keuchel and Felix Hernandez. Of those three, I would take any one, 
but I don't know that I would take all three and Drew Smiley as well. So even even his later tier guy also has injury and performance concerns. So it's just a very risky staff there that he yeah, built. it really is. I mean, especially if you if you know you have he had price right out of the gate, right? Yes. So you know, okay, I've got to hedge my bets here with risk, but then he, you know, added double down on risk. risk. And then you added Smiley, who you could call third risk, as, as you know, because the health track record hasn't been there. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Tomlin giving up all of his home runs, and Hamill, who was falling apart in the second half, and Stephen Wright, uh, you know, we don't know last season with the shoulder issue. And then yeah. you look at his reserve round, and he added Miguel Gonzalez, Darren O'Day, Jesse Chavez, and that's it. So, and it's not like his offense can carry the day either. Exactly. So he needs, but then there's I, work I've to been be done. Here so many times with him, I'm looking at his team, going, "All right, this is the year his team's gonna suck." And I think it's worked one time, a couple of years, maybe one of the times in Towdy finished low, and I was like, "Wow, it finally happened." Your voodoo doll uh, finally came through God, to try to thwart him. Yeah, this is. It, I mean, if I'm if I'm gonna go out there and and, and take the risk on, uh, especially in the only league one, maybe two risk, but I think he has too many. And yeah, he's got he's got four for sure. Hamill at five, I'm fine because even Hamill's half season is gonna be worth five bucks. But I think that that Smiley roster spot, I would even want. I mean, I guess in that price range, they're all kind of risks. Although Jay Happ, I think, is a steady guy who you can feel comfortable that you're going to get at least 180 innings of like a 370 ERA. And I know that's not sexy, but you feel pretty confident that you're going to get that. Hell, I would go half price and take Urban Santana at four over Drew Smiley at eight, given the other three risks that he already had as an, in his starting rotation. Because Santana is a guy you're going to get innings from, and I think worst case is you're going to get a buck 80 of like a four ERA. And again, that's not great, but you're getting some stability of innings and volume. And so I, I would prefer that to yet another risk with Drew Smiley. But maybe that's by design. He says, you know what, I'm going to take the risks here. I'm going to be active on the wire uh, knowing that I can replace this or, or, or you know, not knowing that you can replace it, but knowing that I'll, I'll be – willing to replace this pitching i'll jump on guys early uh you know the 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 hot guys who come up and 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 start pitching well although in a league like this when you still have six reserves as well how much really comes i mean i'm i'm certain there's some guys that come in but how much really is going to come in uh that's going to be game-changing pitching very 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 little unless something comes up from a promotion um so we'll see. Let's go. Um, let's let's like take a look at the positions. Okay. See if you have any reactions. Like catcher market. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the catcher prices. How surprised were you that Eno paid 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 full freight um, for the top guy being Gary Sanchez, twenty three bucks. Very. I'm curious to see his explanation on that. Um, not some again. This this is the second time I, that he's done something I wouldn't have done. Um, but, so what uh, you're saying is you hate Eno? Is that a quote? <laughs> I can print that. Just fake, news, fake news. Fake news. Alternative uh, facts. You do not hate Eno. Uh, yeah. yeah. Jonathan Lucroy, two bucks cheaper as the second guy, and then a jump down to Gaddis at seventeen, Perez at sixteen, then another big jump down to three guys: Castillo, McCann, and Martin, all at eleven bucks, and 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 vote there at uh, at ten bucks as well. Lucroy is my number. To me, Lucroy, I thought should have been the number one catcher. Same. I think the, the Sal Perez going for six. I'm still never. I'm never going to be a believer in Sal Perez at 16. I mean, there's there's that tier. There's the 23 on Sanchez, the 21 on Lucroy, 17 on Gaddis, 16 on Perez, and then we go down to 11 on Beef and 11 on McCann and 11 on Martin and then 10 on Vote, and that's it for the. 
catch. That's it for the double-digit catchers. I thought there were a number of, of good catcher buys. Um, you know, Golms at six, uh, Zunino at eight is not one of those buys. Uh, but the, if you're if you're not going to buy the catcher, this is one of those things. If you don't get one of the decent six, you may as well just double up on the dum dums, uh, you know, <laughs> on, on the low end, and then and go that way because there's a lot of garbage in the AL catcher. I'm sorry, and and, and I know you've got a, I know we've got to draft 24 of them. That's uh, yeah, unfortunately. That's the tough part. There are a lot of, of bad second string catchers. So uh, who are some of the dum dums that you would? Because I'm gonna, I'm not gonna get stuck with dum dums in my only leagues. I'm going to be paying some of the freight. Maybe not at the very high end, but I'm gonna be in that beef, uh, McCann Martin, uh, vote range for sure. Um, and maybe Lucroy with one of those guys. I might, I might actually spend big on catcher in an AL, but uh, I'm not gonna go two dum dums. But who are some of the dum dums that you like? Five dollars or less. Uh, in, the, in this price, I see like Josh Fegley, um, Robinson Chirinos, who I liked last year, coming in before he got hurt. I mean, the, the Wilson Ramos price at five bucks, even if he doesn't, even if he only months. plays half the season. Yeah. Um, you know. Possibly Bruce Maxwell. I mean, those, that's, there's some guys down there. Uh, I'll take a buck on Avila. Just maybe he gets one more healthy season. I know he's just been absolutely obliterated behind the dish. Um, and they do like James McCann for sure, but Avila's done it before. He's back in Detroit. I, I you know, if I'm, if I'm, again, if I'm getting dum-dums, I, I, I might throw a buck on him and like Carlos Perez too. I, I don't mind either of them at a buck. Sandy Leone. Uh, I mean, there's, it's a, it's a rough market because I definitely don't want to pay that for Perez and you know Gaddis we have and 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 mixed labor so it's not like I don't like him I've already said I like Luke yeah. Corey I don't want to pay the tax on Sanchez and the other prices are fine but there's only so many catchers to go around um, absolutely I mean right there if you need twelve starting catchers right now the three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven the twelfth starting catcher was Jason Castro and I do not like him at all no. I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what to expect out of him. So what we're saying is, is get down on one of those first two tiers, uh, or completely punt, which I don't recommend. But if you don't get down those early tiers, I don't think you necessarily want to be, uh, like you said, Sal Perez. Uh, I know he's part of those two. I don't want to pay his freight though. See, really, nobody, nobody really doubled up big on catcher in this one. I mean, Rick and Glenn did with, uh, and Stacy um, did with Gaddis and Zunino, so they got two of the top eight price wise and spent twenty five on catcher. Um, but Zunino and then sucks. You know, Ito spent twenty nine. He also spent. He got Sanchez and then Jason Castro. Two guys I've just crapped on. Sorry, you know. Um, but that's that's really it. Everybody else went kind of cheap on catchers, and it this really seems a little light for the AL because in the past there have been like. Latin, Todd has, when he's been in the AL, he's usually spent some money on catchers uh, and things like that. But it just it wasn't there. And so, you know, uh, Larry went Larry went dollar on each of his catchers, and he was, and so did Tristan. They you know they went dollar on dollar the catchers out, and that's typically not what either of them do. I just thought they read the catcher market and said, you know what, it's garbage. I'm going to spend my money elsewhere. Those of you listening to this, please tweet Eno with the phrase, "I can't believe what Jason said about you." Just that. Don't say anything else. Just say, can't believe what Jason said. Just not even about you. Just can't believe what Jason said. Tag all three of us in the tweet. And I want to get, you know, freaking out. Okay. Right. Switching Just, to first base. Let's move on. Um, switching to first base. I'm starting fights. Yeah. I thought what was unique about first base is we only had one first baseman go at 20 bucks and that was Hanley. Every, that I, I really can't think of another year where first base has been that light. What do you mean? 
I'm sorry, I take that back. I, I was bait, scratch that. I, my sword didn't go high enough. Yeah, there's only four on twenty back. plus. Four. Miggy, Jose, Brayu. I don't I, know why. Your, your point I still stands though. Yeah, is that it, it is not deep. No. And 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 this is the point I've been trying to make, even in mixed leagues, to be careful with with first base. And Hanley, another one of our guys, on the same day that the price news came out, uh, bulky shoulder for him, going to miss the WBC. So bang up day for us and our and our Red Sox uh, when when we got the news of both of the, uh, both of those guys. But Hanley twenty, Chris Davis twenty five, Jose Abreu twenty seven, Miggy thirty four. Those are the only four first basemen over twenty. And I want one of those in an AL. Or where the hell is Encarnacion? Do I have like uh, some? Must be a DH only. Oh, okay. They're, yeah, that, I got to get a DH sword on there. Oh yeah, they put Ed, Edwin at DH. They put Cruz at DH. He's not a DH. They put they put Carlos Santana at DH. Okay, okay. There's there's some there's some mix ups here, but but either way, I, I, it doesn't really. Ch- so add add another guy there for sure. Add add Encarnacion at thirty bucks in there, but I want. One of those upper tier guys. I don't want to be messing with Eric Hosmer at eighteen, Pujols at seventeen. Uh, I guess trying to be listed as the outfield. Oh, this is lame. Yeah, uh, is Gurriel a first baseman eligible? Yeah, he is. Okay, well that that uh, adds to his appeal, but I'm I'm just I'm just not certain on on what we're gonna get out of him. So I I, I don't know. Um, okay, I, I fixed my sort there. I was like, where the hell yeah, is that? I don't know why that was Re- redo here. Ooh, so. Man, the- I'm watching the uh, World Baseball Classic. The, the, oh, the Jews who Dang. rake hashtag is getting worn out. First three guys have has, uh, have uh, raked it for Team Israel. Ike Davis just knocked in a run, knocked in Sam Fold. Oh snap! Yeah, I gotta get this on. I missed I missed the the morning game. I was I was sleeping before uh, driving back home today. Um, so you got five guys at twenty bucks plus. I'm okay with Santana at nineteen. I I, I wouldn't mind paying him. So those those the top six there. But that's it. I want one of those six as my starting first baseman. I'm not messing with Hosmer, Pujols, Guriel, Napoli. I, wait, I take that back. Guriel's third base. I don't know why he's showing up. At so first why, base. Yeah, why is he listed at first baseman? Okay, that, that, I was I was questioning that. Th- these are from RT Sports guys. Sorry that we're a little uh, unorganized on that. We just pulled the data from them, and they have some interesting labeling. In fact, I think they already list Desmond at first base too when we talk about NL, and obviously he's he's not technically qualified there yet. So I don't, you can't put no, him there. So how, how do you feel about first base? Are, are you uh, in agreement with me that you want on the upper tier? Or are there some later tier guys that you would start at first base? When I look at – if I look for the bottom half, um, I'm, I'm always going to say Chris Carter because I will. Um, you, you love Chris Bird at 11 bucks. I'm not crazy about the price, but I like the guy, just not the price. I mentioned Kenneth Vargas at 5 bucks already. I do like uh, Vargas. But, but know, as corner uh, Morrison and a buck, Steve Pierce because he qualifies a few places, but the elbow is already bar- barking. That's weird. Um, that's He's obviously always so concern. healthy. That's obviously a concern. Um, I can see myself spending in the upper half of first base uh, this year. Um, looking at the, I, I think my my bottom line is Mike Napoli, and I, you know there's definitely his flaws, mm-hmm. but that's kind of I want to get somebody above him and then supplement. And then go down below them as well. So jump over, jump over to third base because tell me now, are you going to get your corner from third base? Do you think so? You're only going to end up with one first baseman on your roster again by by that'll be the plan. We don't know for sure. Obviously, things could change. The market could give you something differently. But is your game plan going to be looking to get your your third base and corner from that position? There's some there's (sighs) some depth there. Yeah, there's some serious depth. I mean, my only. 
my my absolute I have to avoid. Like I don't want him on my team at third base. Yunel Escobar is right at the top of that you list. Hate we talked Yunel about Escobar. Escobar. How can you get on base thirty five percent of the time and score sixty runs? That's Jeez. that's a really good point. He is impossibly slow, and you know, you take an infielder who isn't a first base, so go second, third, and short, and there's just this assumption. That they they have a measure of speed to play one of those positions. There are there there are outliers. He doesn't strike me as one of those outliers on the low end, but he is. He's impossibly slow for being a, a, a middle infielder until recently. Now a third baseman, and the dude just cannot move on the bases. And like you said, th- what was it, three fifty OBP, and he scored sixty runs at the top of the order too. It wasn't three fifty OBP batting eighth. That'd be one thing. It was batting like second. That's yeah, horrific. It's insane. Um, but so there's a lot of depth. I could see ended up with both guys at this position. Um, you know, I, I, I think so for sure. There. I think so for sure. There's eight guys who win at least 20 bucks. Machado, uh, who else qualifies at short? Donaldson, Bragman, Beltre, Seeger, Longo, Frazier, and Ramirez. Um, and then Sano and, and Cassano said 18 and 19, or 19 and 18 respectively. Um, so that, that's pretty interesting there as well. Um, and then you got my boy Healy, who I like, you know, you know, it's Eno's guy. I stole him. Okay, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cop to that. He got me interested in him and now I'm obsessed. Can um, I ask why RT Sports has Sanel at third base eligibility or am I missing something again? Oh man, is he not eligible there either? I'm just taking their word for things. You're right. I think you might be right there. He's an outfield, I think. I'm looking right now. He is. No, he is third base eligible. He made it there. Okay. Third and outfield. Third and outfield. I didn't think you um, made it. Uh, by the way, uh, the, a little the behind the curtain here. Are we gonna? Uh, do we have time to talk? And now this is gonna be a two-hour episode. Yeah, we may have to wait. We you have, guys may have to do it. Yeah, you and Eno may have to do it. We probably should have done NL so Eno and I could talk AL since he was in that. But that's all right. That's all right. Um, maybe maybe, I, maybe I'll bring somebody from the NL league on. To discuss, and now let's see who do I like in that league. Nobody. I hate every one of these guys. Oh my god. Yep, Derek Cardi, Derek Van Riper. No, no, no. I mean, I think it was an enjoyable talk. Yeah, you know what? I'll actually try to get uh, Doug Dennis. Oh, I would love to get Doug. That's a great idea. (laughs) For those of you who've never been to AFL, uh, Arizona Fall League Baseball HQ first pitch forums that we always talk about every year, Doug and I have a good time on our panel. Uh, we like to go back and forth at each other. That could be a fun pod. So what, we're going to cap it here. I mean, we'll, we'll wrap up on AL, but um, uh, we're not going to do NL today. I'm just going to let you guys know that. We'll maybe go ten oh, more before minutes. Before we go, any, but we'll make one L, We'll make one NL comment because we got called out on Twitter for not saying anything about this. Rick and Glenn and Stacy bought Clay Buckholtz, uh, dear Cletus, what? for five dollars. See, I, I I didn't get a chance to look at NL at all, so that's why um, I was busy. With, with the family, um, when it was going on. And then last night I, I had to finish an article and, and pass out before I drove six hours home. Five dollars? Have they listened to nothing that we've said they or that I've said? They just money on fire in the draft room. Just like, I mean, just watch it burn. Please don't act like you don't love. Well, I know you guys had a divorce. That's right. You're, you're an embittered, uh, divorcee of, of Clay Buckles. What, they also bought five dollars on Fernando Ronnie. Guys, you could have just left ten dollars on the table. You already left two. You could have just kept those two spots you open. Could have flushed ten bucks down the toilet. Oh wait, they did. Um, yeah. No. Just giving you a hard time, guys. Love you. See no, you I'm not. I, I'm not getting. I, I mean this. <laughs> that was, those were terrible. You guys are too smart for that. Pun intended. 
because they have the smart system, y'all. Maybe I'll have to get one of them on here. I had to get on their case. I had to get on their case because they spent, they went out and spent 17 bucks on Kendra's Morales. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The rules of engagement say you don't buy guys that go to new teams on big contracts. And, and that was a bad contract. And they said they had them under, they had them valued much more. So I'm like, noted, you're going to pay $24 for Kendra's Morales. In, in, in tout. Yeah. <laughs> they got trout at 42 though. But so, Which I don't right, mind. so let's switch um, over. Like yeah, yeah. Let, let's keep doing. Let's finish up the positions here, and like I said, we'll, I'll, I'll figure out NL later this week. Over to second, and let's see what random guys they're going to have listed here at second. Um, hopefully, they're not Nobody missing anybody. Looks pretty steady. Wait, is, no, I think is second is shallow. Yeah, it holds up. Um, yeah, obviously, I didn't. You know, Altuve for forty-five. Cano always goes for thirty-one. Dozier for thirty. Odor twenty eight is really heavy for me. I'm not. I'm. I'm with Kinsler you. twenty three. I have. I mean, you and I are going to disagree on that. I just have my concerns. If 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 Kinsler doesn't hit the home run, no, you'll actually it, be surprised. I I I kind of agree. One of my favorite things about Kinsler in past years was that I thought he was undervalued. He was always going after Kipnis and either going around or or after Pedroia, and I, I I didn't understand that, and that's what had me so in on Kinsler. But, you know, he had an amazing season last year, and if he does it again, of course, he's worth 23 bucks. But I don't know that we can feel comfortable that a 30, what is he, 35-year-old uh, can necessarily do it again. Third baseman usually drop off around this point, and he's hitting this weird uptick. And I just, I don't know that we can expect it to continue. I think he might be closer to uh, 2014, 2015, which if you average those two seasons out, it was average of 14 homers and 12 stolen bases compared to last year's 28 and 14. And so, yeah, no, I, I, I actually share some of your concern there about Kinsler and because I think there's a measure of depth, particularly in mixed leagues, but actually even in, in this, there's not as many guys listed at second base, but I do think there is still some depth. Uh, $17 on Devon Cash, Devon, Devon Travis, Travis, not Castro. Starlin Castro, what 17 as well. I think that was a little high on, uh, Starlin. I do love him. Right. But I, I feel like he should be more of like a $14 guy. It's only three bucks. And so maybe they, they felt that they could spend it at that time. Um, he came out as pick 63 though. So it's not like it was late. I like Jonathan Scope at 15 better. Um, and, and well, it does die off though. After, I mean, there's 10, there's 10 second basemen that cost $15 or more. And then it's all dollar. And then, yeah, that's that. crazy. Let me go see if there's some other guys that are improperly listed. No. I don't think so. AL second base is a little bit thin. Oh wait, Segura is not listed, but that's because he's short and second. He might be better at second though in AL only. Right. Let me look at let me look at short by itself and see what it looks like here. They short had twelve guys of ten ten dollars or more. I don't know. You know, well. 13 guys because Machado, the, the, the flaw in this, the, what we're doing here, this positional thing is that it doesn't have multi-position guys, uh, listed at, at more than one position. So we kind of have to do it on the fly here, but second base, how do you think you're going to approach it in the AL then with, with kind of that drop off? You're not in on Odor. I completely agree with you there. I feel like Altuve is probably still a little too rich for your blood, even though he panned out last year. So would you go Cano Dozier or are you going to go Kipnis Pedroia Travis? Well, I mean, Rick and Glenn will never let us let us have Cano anyhow. It just, well, they I'm let Brandon Funston, yeah, they let, yeah, but I think they've owned Cano for like 15 straight years in town. And, I was going to say they Cano's can't only been in the league eight years, so they can't not let him go. Or they can't let him go in both. 
in both right. leagues, right? They have um, to have him in one. I could see myself doubling up at shortstop and going really cheap at second base. Okay. Um, like who? Profar? How do you feel about Profar, by the way? He's still only 23 years old. Maybe 24. One of those two, for sure. I like. I like him, too. Um, I'm going to be in on Profar. And if he's only two bucks, Tristan Cockrock got him for two bucks. That's as post-hype as post-hype gets. And I get that he hasn't done a lick. I, I, I fully understand that. I still think he's more of a $5 guy just based on the fact that he's going to get some opportunity. Last year was his first year back after two missed seasons, and he put up 307 plate appearances. He's really just kind of getting his footing. It was a lost year. Um, he's going to be age 24. I don't know. I I, I, th- I think I'm ready to jump in, and if I'm only having to pay a couple bucks, sign me up on Profar as, as like a middle infielder. Where is he? I think yeah. he might have some eligibility to him. You see, um, he's got an option left. He uh, well, he only, actually he's not even technically a second baseman. He only played 19 games there, so most leagues use 20 eligibility. So he's actually a third baseman. But if it's 10 game eligibility, then he's third, well, second. Oh, okay, okay. Then he has uh, so for for Tout, he's first, second, and third because uh, he had 17, 19, and 25 games there respectively. So that's pretty, that's pretty dope. Three positions for a two dollar guy who, you know, was once the top prospect in all baseball. I'll take a shot. I don't, I don't, I think it's 20 games in labor, but he's, he's 15 in talent. Okay. So that's not bad. That's not bad at all. He just misses out. Well, yeah, he just misses outfield 14 games. Um, let's move over to short and don't forget mentally add Machado in there. So you got, um, seven guys at 20 bucks plus, although, you don't agree, you know, with Tim Anderson because because uh, of your disdain for Eno. You you're, you're, you think that that was the what? Would you say offline? You said it was the worst purchase you had ever seen in any draft ever. Something to that extent. No, I'm just I hope people know that I'm joking. Like my jokes are terrible. Um, you have to know that I'm kidding. Eno and Jason, uh, they do hate each other, but not because it's way beyond the Tim Anderson. Again, I'm kidding. I'm, I have to stop. I have to stop. Uh, seven guys of 20 bucks plus Machado, Correa, Lindor, Bogart, Segura, Andrus, and Anderson. Are you in on the upper tier? You just said you might get two shortstops. You don't have to identify exactly who you love the most because you are going to be in an AL only league with people who are listening to this. But, uh, where do you think you're going to be looking? Well, I mean, I've talked about the fact that I like Andrus and I like Anderson. Uh, I was joking earlier when I said let's be lazy and play in the A's, but yeah. I mean, these are guys that I've talked about a few times during the season. Um, you know, Brad Miller's another name, Didi Gregorius, who I bought last year, who I was in on last year. Um, I think he's nice. I think he still went for 13. I, I think I paid nine bucks for him last year. Yeah, but, you paid uh, single digits. I specifically targeted last year, and that played out well. Um, you know, and if or if you want to do a cheap speed chase, you can look at Mondesi. Um, really, the only guys I like kind of avoid when I'm looking at this, I, like I don't want JJ Hardy. I'll let somebody else. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm know, done on Hardy. I'm done on Hardy. There's just nothing to that. I mean, they're gonna like go down. Um, so that that I could see myself buying two of the middle tier guys versus. I don't want to take uh, like I don't want to do a, a Correa and then have to do a. I'm just going by prices. A Correa, a Hardy, and then a, a Profar. I don't. I don't. Would you do? That. Would you do? Um, Semyon Didi or Miller Didi? Yeah, something. Yeah, something like that. Where thirty it, bucks. Like thirty bucks, and then 
do you know 45 on my middle infield and take like a Jonathan Scope who I took that's not okay. I took last year you know something like that um I just that could definitely I, I work. don't see myself unless the price comes to where I to where I like it or if I jump in and everybody else is like well never mind um I, I don't if like a sale situation repeats itself I, I don't see myself getting a top three second baseman or shortstop okay let's move over to outfield then um obviously a lot of a lot of a lot of big big prices here and we've got 13 guys going 20 bucks plus trout bets nelson cruz jd martinez springer jay up Chris Davis, uh, Mark Trumbo, Jose Bautista, Lorenzo Kane, Andrew Jones, Andrew B. Nintendo, and Kevin Kiermeyer, 20 bucks plus. You dipping in, you, you playing in that pool for your n- number one guy, um, or you, are you focusing on that 12 to $19 range, which had 16 different guys? And I won't list them all because this will be available, uh, on, on the, uh, in the show notes. Yeah, I mean, this really depends on how you play. You know, if, if I did want to chase one of those other guys, um, we mentioned those 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 high end middle infielders, then I would definitely be playing in that middle tier outfield and, and and grabbing, you know, guys that are in that ten to that maybe the eight to twenty dollar range, which is a number of guys I like there. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you know this year, if 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 power is going to come back, because again we've never seen it co we've never seen it go up three consecutive seasons, then you better be willing to pay for the guys you know we're going to hit with it yeah and that means you have to buy somebody in that first year how do you feel about batista how do you feel about batista 21 bucks i know he had the tough season and 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 the body is is given out which makes him a defensive liability but didn't he still have pop like 27 homers in 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 his limited time i'm pulling up his numbers right now yeah i mean 22 homers. I, guess, well, I haven't seen him play in the field. I did watch um, a couple of his at bats um, yesterday on uh, MLB TV, and, and the swing looks good. Okay. Uh, just really coming through. Um, so the swing looks good. Um, but if we want to put, if we want to put one, let's say we'll put, because I'm counting uh, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There's thirteen or fourteen guys that were at least twenty dollars. So you know, you want to put one of those guys on every one of the teams. Per se, sure. Um, in, in a you're have, so you, you know you're going to spend at least twenty dollars on one of your outfielders. Uh, if you want to have two of them, it's going to cost you sixty. And all of a sudden, if you're in a if you're in a, a one eighty eighty situation on your hitting split, there's one third of your hitting budget yep. is taken out on two guys. Uh, like so, these are the kind of factors you've got to kind of fa- you've got to factor in, in in your auction. Is Am I willing to commit one-third of my hitting budget on two guys? And if I'm going to do that, which two is it going to be? Because that would be, again, working off of 180-80 and working off these labor prices, that's Mike Trout and Kevin Kiermeyer. Well, and speaking of, of going for the guys that you can be confident will get power, even if power regresses sharply, uh, Steve Gardner went Nelson Cruz, J.D. Martinez. Those two guys are hit in a low-power environment, so you better, you know, they, they if it regresses back, they're still going to hit power, and he went 28-27 on those two guys. And see, and I would rather I would rather spend the 45 bucks or 55 bucks to acquire those two than spend the 62 to do a trout and a... Uh, a trout and a Kiermeyer because of the Kiermeyer risk. He yes. hasn't been able to hold up. Over the, yes, there's a lot of stuff to like about him, but there's the the fact that he's playing on the, on what's well, going to be new turf in Tropicana. Hopefully, it's a, a little better. Um, but he has not been able to hold up health wise. So I would rather spend the fifty five dollars on 
the power bank there, or even a Cruz and a, uh, and a Springer, or a Cruz yep. and an Upton, or a Martinez and an Upton, double up on Tigers. Uh, you know, those That's types a genius are, a Davis, idea, actually. A Davis and Springer. I mean, there's a lot of, there's some combinations you can play there. But again, I just, when you have to, if you're, as you set your, your budgets, I think, you know, outfield, you're going to have, if you're going to buy power, we talked about third base has got some depth and you're going to have to go buy at those places. So perhaps, you know, you, you spend that money, you buy that one guy in the outfield and you spend your power at third base, uh, you know, or you grab one of the first base and do that kind of thing. So how do you feel um, about, how do you feel about the teens level? That's where a lot of, um, up and comers, uh, steady eddies and bounce backs are Buxton. I'm not going to name all of them, but like Buxton Kepler, JBJ, or Jackie Barely Jr., Noah Mazzara, uh, a lot of those speed guys we talked about earlier, Carlos Beltran, uh, Matt Holiday at 13 bucks, Alex Gordon, 12. These are the types, these are the, this is the part, honestly, this is the part of the draft where I think makes or breaks the, the winner, the contending teams from the pretenders. If they find the right guys the here. Elders. Yeah, these, these mid-teens, these guys that, Break out yep. and get to that next level uh, because you know, it's outfield, so you can get a lot of skill production there. And we talked about uh, the speedsters all going in that round, but then like a Leonis Martin at fourteen bucks changed his swing. Uh, you know, he's he's adapted his swing, so maybe there's something else there. Matt Holiday at thirteen bucks if he's going to hit in the middle of that lineup. Uh, you, you talked about Shinshu Chu the other day um, if he's going to hit high in the lineup. Um, those types of things. So can there, I ask you about somebody? I'm sorry. Can I ask you about somebody? Steven Souza. Year ago, 2015, 16 and 12 on the Homer stolen bases in 110 games. Last year, 17 and 7 in 120 games. Has, you know, has, has shown some speed in the minors, has some punch, uh, big swing and miss guy, bad batting average. Is there anything here? Is this just going to always be the, the 120 to uh, you know, 120 or fewer games sort of guy, or even like maybe he spikes up and plays 135, but never more than like, uh, you know, never going to get to that buck 45 or higher range. How do you feel about a 28 year old Steven Souza? Um, I'm pessimistic on him. I mean, when you, when you look at the fact you've got lefties and Dickerson and Kiermaier and Rasmus and, and you've got a Smith, if, if, if Souza stumbles out of the gate and, and, and swinging and missing a ton again. Yeah, striking out 40% for a month. You could see him marginalized. Uh, you know, th- there's a case to be made there. Um, so you could see him marginalized. And then, okay. so like, the, I wasn't crazy about him going $10. Uh, you know, you look, if you dump down a little bit into the nine, like we talked about Dickerson, we talked about Reddick, uh, we talked about a Brandon Moss. Perhaps Brandon Moss could go to KC and do what Kendris Morales did there. Yep. Uh, yeah, there, there's some situation, a, a bounce back on Michael Brantley at seven bucks is a good price on, on a, a risk to take there. I'd rather spend seven on Michael Brantley than 10 on Sousa Jr. Agreed. Um, you know, those types, that type of grab. So there's, uh, I, I really like the lower tier of outfielders. I think there's, I thought, you know, um, you know, one of the things I'd like you to ask him about, like, it seemed like he was getting going after a lot of these, um, these strong sided platoon types. You know, he grabbed a Chisholm Hall. He grabbed, uh, he's got Rosario. He's got Josh Reddick. I mean, he seemed like there was a couple of other players I remember thinking as I was listening to the auction, like, oh, he's going for that lefty who struggles against lefties. Yep, nabbing that playing time. Single league. Correct. You're still, you know, you're, you're piling those things up. And I think that those guys with those splits get, uh, get discounted a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, 
and I think there's there's a, there's maybe a strategy there where if you can go ahead and grab some of those guys that that with the splits issues, perhaps you know you'd grab two or three of those guys and then go top heavy. Maybe you get those. Maybe you spend that sixty bucks on a on a Trout and Kiermaier and then load it up with those types of guys. So. Uh, I really like the outfield. I know people are saying that the AL outfield situation is not very deep. Um, I, I don't know. I disagree. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. think I necessarily agree with that. There's a lot. I, I'm very interested. Obviously, I, lo- I like the upper tier a lot, uh, but I also like that middle tier. I, I, I'm with you. I don't think I agree there, and I don't know that it's inherently uh, thinner than than the than the National League. As I'm as I'm just spot checking quickly the National League. Um, well, maybe it is a little bit. Uh, you know, I'll get into that with somebody, whether it's Doug or or whomever I bring on to discuss that. But I, I don't think that it's necessarily, uh, you know, automatically thin. Although, you know what, I, I might go against myself here again. Just spot checking. If you look at the National League, they got a hell of a lot more twenty plus dollar guys. In the outfield. Well, yeah, that no, that I that I I will get to that. If you're going to compare lead to league, yeah, but I mean, I think the AL. I don't. I'm not going to overreact for the AL outfield and say, okay. "Oh God, I've got to go get this guy." Um, I think there's enough. I think there's enough there. Depending if you get your stuff elsewhere, if you don't, if you don't spend at the corners, or if you don't, if you're not getting your stuff in the infield and you're waiting, because a lot of people were. You think like Lenny Melnick, who always buys his outfielders, spends big on outfielders, and goes and gets them. Absolutely. If you're not willing, if you're, if, if that's your strategy, then it's going to cost you a ton this year in the American League only to, to be able to pull that kind of thing off. Um, and I, I'm not that confident in the player pool if that's what your strategy is. Okay. But if your strategy is to to acquire skills in the outfield, it's there. The skills are there. Okay. There's the get it, but if your ability is to try to maximize your run production, your steals, and your power, um, it's going to cost you in the American League. Let's finish with the starting pitching pool. We already did the the relievers, so we're not going to get into that uh, anymore. Let's talk starters. The top two starters in the AL were both thirty dollars: you Darvish and Chris Sale. Of course, Same uh, team. Uh, yeah, uh, the Ambrosius Childs team, and those were their only two pitchers for quite a while. Let's see their next one was uh was late. I remember this was a talking point during the draft. Their next most expensive pitcher uh non closer uh, their next most expensive starter was I believe $4. Yeah, and two $4 youngsters, Jose Barrios and Lucas Giolito. And then and, and they threw out by the way they threw out sale at 30 bucks and just froze it. How do you feel about that they, price? Um that wasn't the plan. I heard um I think I heard Sean Childs on Adam Ronis' show Sunday oh, driving down to Atlanta, so and he's like, yeah, we threw that. him out there, and that wasn't my – we were just throwing him out there to put him out, and everybody was oh. like, okay, fine. So did they think they set the market with Darvish, and they're like, well, he has to go higher than Darvish because yes. it was five picks apart. They got they got Darvish at 12, uh, the, the 12th throw, and then five throws later. they Well, so Kluber came out three throws later and went 29 bucks. And then right. they threw they threw sale two throws after that at thirty, thinking that he would probably go what at least thirty two, thirty three. Yes, uh, and, and he and just did. Yeah, and I've talked I've I've talked about this a number of times. I can't stand when people are throwing out Corey Kluber one dollar. Like oh God, that's one of our biggest pet peeves. If you again, you tune into the audio on Tout Wars, you're going to hear me as soon as somebody says that. I'll I'll say fifteen. Yep. I'll I'll keep going. I'll I'll push that up because. I don't want 
I don't want people thinking about what they can do. Exactly. Just force the decision. Move it, it up there. Twenty four. Because even if it froze at twenty four, you take Kuber at twenty four all freaking right. day. Yes, I'll absolutely do that. Um, so, I'm, I'm, but if you you got to throw them out at like eighty percent of what you haven't projected out. Now, if they if they had sale at a thirty five dollar pitcher and you say thirty, okay. Exactly. Exactly. We're not we're not shading that. We're shading the people who are like uh, Mike Trout, one dollar. Oh yeah. So if you get throw guys out. I don't like throwing guys out, of, especially early. Don't throw them out at 50%. Don't throw them out. You know, throw them out. Throw, get get money going. Don't, like, I'm going to sneak in. I'm going to call out Jeffrey Marte as the second guy of the draft. For a Honestly. Hey, I got my second catcher. Yeah, you, you might get him, but that that is, I don't like that strategy at all. I'm actually 100% with you on this. Throw it out around 80%. You might get some bargains. But if not, you're forcing decisions. You could actually force some overpays too, where, where it just starts going up. People are making snap decisions like, oh, he threw him out at 24, 26, uh, 30, and then all of a sudden Kluber's at 34, and like that's not the end of the world price, but it's it's probably higher than he should go because you forced some actual decisions. And I can't stress this enough in home leagues. In home leagues, uh, if you know, always I'm always willing to buy early in the auction same um, because if it's a keeper league there are people haven't properly properly calculated for inflation bingo um, I would use something as simple as saying maybe somebody's using the labor prices for for their draft uh, and let's say let's look at NL only draft you guys will talk about this but you factor in the, th- the, the thing that the, the NL values are screwed up because Doug Dennis spends $240 on hitting and then you've got um, Rick Glenn and Stacy and, and, and then Sean and Greg also being extra heavy on the on the guys up front so those values are a little screwed up so all of a sudden you're like well th- th- he went for this much and and and, and and labor. So if 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 my guy in the room is only saying ten, this guy went for eight. I, I'm I'm gonna let him have it. But yep. maybe that guy's a fourteen dollar player, and all of a sudden that guy's like, hey, I got four dollars of profit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I'm a big fan of that. But watch. I'm also you know some people were saying I don't like watching other people's rosters. Well, I do. You know, if if I knew that, that I think that's one of your biggest strengths, to be honest, is because uh, I'm not very good at it. Again, say okay, you're gonna throw him out of thirty. I'll stay quiet. And then all of a sudden, you've got to now you've got to change your plan, and yeah, you've got a lot of time to think about it in the room. But you know, nobody goes into the draft saying I'm going to spend sixty bucks on two pitchers. No, not two starters. One going to a brand new team in a uh, diff- more difficult park and division, and another who is uh, just a year removed from Tommy John and had a DL stint during that. They're both excellent pitchers. I'm not I'm not shading either of them, but I, I like they already admitted that that wasn't their plan, and it's obvious why that wouldn't be a plan in an only league. Bumgarner, Harvey, Bumgarner and Harvey were their top two guys. And then you know you, you you make them change. I mean, when when typically a Sean and Greg team is is really heavy on offense, and you just took fifteen dollars off the table by sticking them with by sticking with the price. Yes, they like um, to get their studs on maybe offense. Maybe they make a trade at some point here, and it works out for them. But this is why I'm a big fan of watching to see who's got what the what the remaining money is. Um, there was a time. I've, I've I've seen it a couple times even in my home leagues, but it was one point where like somebody threw out a third catcher, and I'm like, suck I it. I made a seat. Don't say anything. Everybody's like, why? I'm like, go ahead and let him fill up his utility spot with a third catcher. You know, it was, and it wasn't even a good third catcher. It was just a third. The guy threw him out. Well, and you never and, want you know, a catcher in a utility spot. I think it was one year Zola even 
drafted a third catcher. I don't even know. I think he even admitted it wasn't by design. It just kind of happened. He just thought throwing him out, people might need him, and and, else and the room froze him. Now, the one caveat I will give to that, the one thing I will say is if, if it's taking away from following your own team and, and, and hurting you, then don't do it. It's not a strength for everybody. But if you feel like you can handle it, like I said, I think it's one of your bi- biggest strengths, Jason. Um, when you and I are always talking during tout, whether it was texting before I was out there and then last year when, when I was standing right next to you, uh, the way you're able to kind of read the room, you're almost like a point guard, uh, you know, knowing all the next plays and, and, and kind of figuring out where everybody's at with everything. I think that's one of your biggest strengths. And it, it helps with your throwing too of, of okay, I'm going to throw this guy out, try to entice so-and-so over here to make a bid because he doesn't have this. It's not a strength for me, but I think it is something that uh, that if you're capable of doing, it can be an advantage in an auction. And it's just another one of those things that makes auctions so great, the auction I dynamics of that. I, it's so drafts fun. Are, drafts are okay, but I love auctions because there's so much. There's so many dynamics you can play around and do these types of things with. You can look at the – and I mean, as long as I've been doing this, I still don't draft without auction software. I, I can't say enough good things about Rotolab. Uh, yeah, I've oh yeah, that, that's your one. Rotowire software. Yep. Uh, I've used all of it, but it just has so many features and functionality where it allows me to pull up that quick page and look and say, okay, Paul, you know, I'm looking at a guy. Paul and I have the same amount of money. He's got an opening there. I, you know, we both have the same kind of opening. Where else can I get Paul to spend money? I'm gonna go ahead and throw this guy out there. Exactly. Okay. Don't throw out the guy that you want because so you know I'm gonna battle you. Things. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. I think that that's a, that's a really interesting point. Uh, all right, let's go a little bit deeper here on this on these SPs and then and then jump out of here. Uh, so then it was after the two thirties, it was Kluber at twenty nine, jump down to Archer at twenty four, Verlander twenty five, Carrasco twenty two, Hamels twenty one, and then that's it for the twenty dollars starters. Uh, so that what is what is that seven guys? You know, not surprising not, at all. But then a thick teens group of uh 14 different guys and that's a tier that i've got no problem living in for a couple different guys now i'm not 100 percent sure if i need one of the aces i i would be okay stacking an offense and then getting um you know uh, two or three guys in this tier and i'm just going to reel them off really fast quintana stroman duffy porcello aaron sanchez tanaka gaussman salazar paxton price keichel mccullers Kennedy and Felix. And then I'm actually going to throw in Fulmer and Rodon. They're 12, but we'll just call them teens for, for the sake of argument here. I wouldn't mind getting three guys there to head my rotation and not have an ace. Again, if I'm, if I'm either getting a, a stud closer, like a, like a, um, one of the top two or Diaz or Herrera or Giles Osuna and then a stacked offense. And I just don't, I say, forget the top seven pitchers and I'll get three guys here. How do you feel about this, the teen tier? I love the team tier. I mean, there are so many. Uh, I can easily, I can live with with taking guys out of the, not spending any of these twenty dollars pitchers, just knocking them off my list, yep. and then saying, okay, rather than spending thirty dollars on Darvish or Sale, going um, Paxton, Paxton and, and Price, Fulmer, yeah, uh, Salazar, Salazar and Kennedy, or Fulmer and uh, Fulmer and Stroman. I mean, there's thirty dollars right there. So I, I think there's that really nice sweet spot in pitching. Right there, and, and you know, comparing the league values, there's nobody doing anything really stupid, crazy on pitching. Because it, even if, even Sean and, and, and Greg paid sixty bucks for those two guys, if they didn't, somebody else would have. So the dollar value doesn't. Oh, you know, certainly that doesn't change anything. So that's why I'm like, I, I, I really like, and and, not, and those guys in that twenty dollar range are all fairly priced. Nobody was really 
that high or that low. No, nope. I maybe mean, Kluber. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if Darvish sale and Kluber belong a dollar apart. Darvish, I would never pay thirty bucks. I, I, I'm just not there yet. I know other people are. I'm not. And maybe I I'm love wrong. Darvish, but but again, part of the appeal is I feel like he should be the third or fourth guy where he's where he's like twenty eight bucks, sales thirty, Kluber's twenty nine, and then I get Darvish twenty seven, twenty eight. Um, you know, but. Archer, I thought one of the, there's no discount on Archer really. And I get it and I, I respect it. I think that that's actually smart, but I was hope, I was hoping, I guess I, I'm selfishly, I was just hoping there would be, but there isn't. Um, you know, you're paying 25, that's market, that's completely fine. I think he's going to be worth that. But yeah, I'm playing, I'm playing in that, in that middle pool there. Duffy and McCullers for 30 bucks total, 17 and 13. Uh, sign me up all day. And then even, even the other double digit guys at, at 11 and 10, you got Pomeranzo, Dorizzi, Cotton, Shoemaker, Manaya, Pinata, and Estrada. Estrada, man, what's that guy gotta do to get more love? 10 bucks? Like, I don't even, I don't even love him, but at 10 bucks, I would do, I would pay 10 bucks. Yeah, this is where I thought Laura did a really nice job. He picked up Pinata, Estrada, and and Pineda, Estrada, and Snell for a total of of twenty one dollars. No, sorry, no, th- no, no, thirty wrong. bucks. Thirty bucks. Thirty, 30 bucks for those three. So that is excellent. Versus the other, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Yep. I mean, that's really nice. And then I thought, you know, so we can wrap up starting pitching because we've already done closers. But I think uh, the last one I wanted to point out, and I, th- I thought you would have liked this, is. You know, Garrett Richards going for seven dollars. Mm-hmm. Tristan, I thought you know some people were tweeting like this is the best pitching buy of the night, and I mean, honestly, I don't. I'm not going to argue that too much. I'm, I'm, you know, I know I'm a little more pessimistic on Richards than you are, but I was just I was surprised that he only went for seven bucks. I thought he'd go double digits, ten bucks. A, yeah, I, I figured. I mean, Cobb went for seven dollars too, yeah. and, and Smiley went for eight. Bundy with the with the new pitch. Uh, goes for eight half coming off the year goes for you know goes for eight that's the kind of range that he went into and even like somebody like Bauer I know he kills your ratios but he went five bucks uh yeah those types of things so I was that's really one of the more surprising ones to me was that Richard only went seven dollars I I think he goes double digits in tout I think people are going to go back and we're like wow he he only went for that much um so we'll see how that goes but Again, when you come to player pool, I like a lot of this AL pitching. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of guys that I like in the starting pitching market. Um, Give me a. This is where I have my most confidence, anyhow. I mean, I, this, fully I, agree. I never sweat pitching. Yep. So it's just the offense. I, every year I think I have enough, and um, I don't. Give me two guys you like in the $4 or cheaper range for starting pitchers. $4 or cheaper range that I like. Um, Andrew Triggs is one of the guys I like down okay. there in, in um, Oakland. Uh, Nate Carnes again for the same reasons. Uh, last year I bought him last year at five bucks. Two uh, bucks, yeah, filthy stuff. On a couple of things there, um, Chad Green because he's green. Uh, Jesse Hahn, he's going back to his old arm slot. I mean, yes. man, that's a, that's a, that's one buy. That's one buy that you know made that I'm very happy with. So there's one. Well, so you gave him. No, you just gave him a couple there. Oh, that's right. Carnes, Green, and Hahn were all his. Oh, so. Maybe you guys can mend fences here. I mean, the, the the rift is just so huge that I don't think so. But it's nice to hear you end on a positive note for Eno, given how much you don't like him. Um, you know, it's, again, I, I, I'm in the middle of it. It's tough on me, but I respect both y'all sides. And I'm not going to get into what the rift is about. So, uh, actually, the one more thing. Let's look at some of those reserve picks real quick. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Since, the reserve picks since we have those. Like, oh, hey. Um Okay, so well, I was actually texting with Eno during this, and he was asking me 
who to get. Wait, he wasn't asking me. Okay, I hate him. I, I see. I shouldn't have said that, man. This Jesus, is just gonna. This me. is gonna snowball this whole thing, you guys. I mean, <laughs> get y'all in the same room and maybe just kind of have it out, you know, old old school style. And I, I don't. I don't promote violence, but maybe you guys just gotta have a little. On the basketball court. Oh, no, we're both. Oh, that's, guys. there you go. There you go. We're playing some ball. Got, you're gonna have to hoop it's it up. You better cover him at the three point line though, dude. He's gonna, he's gonna be trying to drain threes. Uh, I liked his, his Mengden and Pompey picks. And, uh, I told him go ahead and get Annabelle Sanchez with one of his later ones just in case. It's all about health. I mean, he hasn't been healthy now for a while, but for a free reserve, I liked it. Trevor May, we already talked about. I like him as a reliever, but, if he is finding some stuff as a starter, it could definitely work. I already mentioned Mark Canha, actually, who could be one of Larry's sneak tips. Um, he got hurt last year and, and, and fell apart, but I kind of like him as well. Um, other ones, two Cleveland starters. Cody Anderson was getting really pumped up last year because of his stuff. Uh, there was a piece written that kind of compared his stuff to, to Matt Harvey, and obviously that didn't come to fruition. I mean, that you're just comparing pitches. That doesn't mean he can deploy them the way that Matt Harvey does, but you understood that the, the piece totally made sense. It just didn't come out that way. Um, that same team also got Bradley Zimmer, who I like. That's Brandon Funston because I buy, I don't buy Tyler Naquin at all. Um, and then Mike Clevenger, an, another, another, uh, fake DeGrom when you look at his hair. He's just, he looks just like him in the face. Doesn't quite pitch like him yet, but has stuff. And I like another one of theirs. That's, uh, Ambrosius Childs. Jacoby Jones can end up getting a lot of that, uh, center field time in Detroit. It, it's still kind of a wide open situation. Tyler Collins might end up being the guy because he's the lefty. But he's just, he's so meh. And they do like Jacoby Jones. He can kind of move around. He's, he's a, he's a bit of a everything, uh, do a little bit of everything fantasy guy. So, so we'll see. So those are some interesting names, uh, that I found in the reserves. What about you? Uh, AJ Reed coming off, you know, everybody loved AJ oh, Reed. So hyped. And then he was, was a second to last, to last round. Yeah. By, uh, by Tristan. I'd like that grab, um, a bit. Um, you mentioned a few of the other ones that I really, uh, Joe Biagini. I, I like that grab by Rick and Glenn. Um, I liked just watching him pitch last year. Uh, yeah, that's another Ooh, one. And, I like Martin uh, Perez. I refuse to give up on him. The dude is still only like 25 yeah. or 26. I, I just feel like there's another level. I, I don't have a statistical backing for it, guys. It's an eyes and a feel thing. I watched him a lot in Round Rock. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm kind of staying married to that. It's the same thing with, with Leonis Martin. You guys have heard me talk about how enamored I became of him, uh, watching him there. And, and the, the crazy thing is, is, um, you know, it's not like Martin Perez had the most amazing number to triple A. It's just, I saw him on some of his best days. So I, I'm still kind of intrigued by him. And then, um, you know, Francis Martez uh, yes. was a reserve pick. I thought that was a nice grab. Definitely. Um, and David Paulino, I, I, I can repair that. Um, yeah, that was um, – oh, there, Michael Feliz did go. That's right. That was another one. Feliz, you know, Feliz could end up uh, being there, Andrew Miller, where he goes, again, not at the same level. I don't want to get too crazy, but I'm saying – so deep. So, so exactly. Deep, it's so tough to speculate in that pen because there's so many good options there. It, that's true. And, uh, so, but you bet on that, on those skills. It, was he a reserve? Oh no, he was a dollar guy. No, but even a as dollar. a dollar guy, he's, he's one year removed from being a starter. Michael Feliz is. He can be that inning and a third to two inning sort of guy, pile up the strikeouts. So I do like him. I know we're talking reserves. By the way, your boy Marwin Gonzalez, who I know you liked last year. Um, you know, he wasn't as uh, quite as good as, as he'd hoped, but how do you feel about him now as a reserve pick in an AL? It's your cousin, Marwin. You got to hear this. Um, 
it ended up, that play actually worked out rather well. I was mad that I spent six bucks on him in the auction, but yeah, I remember that. It. He had twenty five total homers and and SBs. I think he's a reserve pick now because of playing time. But you know, when you got talent, I, I like the gamble in the reserve, especially. I'd probably pay a buck or two for him in an AL only. A lot of times, those things just you know, guys get hurt. That 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 just happens, and I'm not saying you, you just bank on that and put six bucks on him again. But if you're getting him in the reserve, I like Marwin Gonzalez. And Peter Pete O'Brien. If I, I don't know if that's ever, but it's if got they power. give him a chance, yeah, if they give him a chance. Um, it's got power it's there for him. Um, so those are the types of guys. But I'm I'm curious to see. You know, obviously, I'm very uh, very excited for Tout in a couple of weeks. I would like to see it happen. Um, and I've got if the league fills up the the beat Jason Colette um, on. Uh, on NFBC is the Sunday. Uh, oh, if, uh, hopefully leagues. It's, it still has some openings. So, dudes, get in. I know it's expensive, but it's just trying nah, to beat. Nah, it's it's worth it. Beat, beat Jason Collette. Um, that that should be interesting. I'll be curious about that. For Tout, maybe what we could do is uh, similar to what we did for Labor, where I I do a episode with you where you really talk through what you want to get done, and uh, we don't we hold that until the following Monday or, or, or Tuesday when I get back from New York, and then we post that. Would you want to do something like that? Yeah, we could, when are you getting to? I will, well, maybe somebody should buy their ticket first before they can actually adequately answer oh, that question. Uh, I am not the travel wizard. Uh, Jason's <sighs> going to kill me. Uh, God. Dad, can you help me find a ticket? Uh, Thursday or Friday, um, maybe you can help me find some best prices for, for, for that, and I can get, I get that in done. Friday, I get in Friday morning myself, but I'm thinking it's possibly we get together somewhere. Um, yeah, okay. So, yeah, I'll try to get in. Somewhere in the city, because I'll, I'll be flying in from Chicago. i got to be there for work. I'll always have my voice recorder, and we can, I can just hold it, and, uh, and we can uh, we can do something like that. So, yeah, Friday. I'm traveling with this mic. Kind of heavy. Yeah, yeah. We don't don't bring a mic. I got I got uh, I got the little voice recorder. We used it in in uh, AFL and it worked completely fine. Not when we did the podcast, but when we did the on field two years ago. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll have that. What about next week? What what's your schedule looking like for uh, the twelfth? Um, well, my auction's at seven o'clock. Oh, the, the yeah. So Jason Collette. So it would have to be after that or before that. Okay. So we will we will figure that out. So TBD on that. But I got plenty of stuff coming up this week. I'm gonna figure out something for somebody in the NL. Uh, I think I'm getting with Eno maybe tomorrow or Wednesday to go over his team. We'll focus mostly on his team as opposed to the the, the league at large since Eno and I, or Jason and I just did that. Uh, and then I don't think Eno and I have our normal episode. I, I think he had something going on. But uh, we'll have a couple other episodes this week, and then you and I will figure out something on the weekend. Till then, Jason, take care. You too, man. <laughs>